everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. It is your host, Katie Zaccardi. And on today's episode, I am talking with Yvonne Reese. Yvonne is going to talk to us all about sales. Her approach to sales is to help others believe in themselves and what they offer, and then how to share that in the highest possible vibration. So you already know this is going to be an amazing episode. We're going to talk about how to use the DISC method as well as other modalities that we've learned about like Myers-Briggs, for instance, to be able to understand sales better, understand people better, to understand how other people like to buy and be sold to and how we do the same, all to be able to increase our confidence with sales, with selling and our sales skills. So this is a great episode. It really brings together everything we've learned uh, about different personality modalities. And again, highlights why it's so important to know yourself and to understand others better because the truth is that all of this is having to do with connection and connecting with others and understanding others and reading the room and all of that jazz. So now we're going to start to pull it a little bit more into tangible business things like selling, which is amazing. So I'm super excited to dive into this episode with Yvonne. But before we do, the Out to Be Mastermind is officially open for enrollment and I am so excited. So I mentioned this a little bit on last week's podcast episode, but we have early bird enrollment open for the mastermind. Early bird enrollment actually ends today. And if you are surprised to hear that, I need you to do me a favor and I need you to go click follow over on Instagram, turn your notifications on for my posts. And I also need you to shoot me a DM and say, Katie, please add me to your email list if you are not on my email list. Because the podcast only comes out once a week, which means that it's not always lining up perfectly to give you guys announcements. But if you are on my Instagram and you are on my email list, you'll make sure that you get announcements to everything. So if you're not doing that already, go ahead and do that now. Hopefully by now you have already heard about this and it's not the first time, but early bird uh, applications end today. So the Ask Me Mastermind is a high-level six-month coaching and mastermind program for women entrepreneurs in the music industry who are ready to expand to their next level in business and in life. Early bird enrollment is open now, which means that when you apply by end of day today, you will be eligible to get a monetary discount and other bonuses if you decide to enroll in the mastermind. And I say if because this isn't a course. You can't just sign up and get everything. There is actually an application process to make sure that you qualify for the mastermind and are a good fit. And this is because it's a really high level but small group program. And we want to make sure that everyone who joins is the perfect fit for this program. So we have an application process. We'll get on a call. We'll talk and make sure it's a good fit. Uh, But when you apply by end of day today, you will get first access to a spot and you will get these juicy, juicy bonuses. So make sure you submit your application by today to take advantage of that. Inside the mastermind, you're going to learn how to create offers that sell, strengthen your sales skills, establish authority in your niche, attract ideal clients and fans that you are just, you know, so excited to work with and serve. Uh, You're going to have more confidence in yourself and your systems and in your life. The bottom line is that in this mastermind program, it's not just about business strategy. It's also about personal development and personal growth and mindset growth. And that is what we work on in this program. We take a very holistic approach to things, uh, making it a program that I have personally never seen before, especially in the music industry. If you're not sure if this is for you or you're like, what do you mean by music entrepreneur? Here's what I mean. It literally means anybody who is in the music industry or serves the music industry, musicians, music teachers, coaches. I'm talking like wellness, mindset, business, branding, money, songwriting, music production coaches. Anyone who serves musicians or creatives or is a musician and creative themselves who's established a a strong foundation in their business already. You even could be a fashion designer or a nonprofit owner or a PR agency owner in the music industry. Uh, most likely you're doing one or more of those things. Like you're probably an artist and you've got a side hustle going on, right? So if that's you, this is for you. So there's more information on this if you head to katiezacardi.com slash mastermind or even better, katiezacardi.com slash mastermind early bird. And you'll have all of the information that you need to see if this is good for you, see if it's working for you and make sure that you submit your application ideally by end of day today so you can get take advantage of those bonuses. 
So I can't wait to, wait to read your application. I'm super excited to see you inside of the mastermind for the limited number of you guys who join. I can't wait uh, for this new group to come in. We always have such an amazing group. And I know that this time it's going to be no different. So again, head to katiezacardi.com slash mastermind to apply today. All right, let's head into today's episode with Yvonne. Hey, Yvonne, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I am so excited to have you here today. So we're going to talk all about sales. You're a sales coach, and we're going to talk about how you, as a listener, can help your buyer through their journey and be able to sell better and with more confidence. But before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got started doing what you do? It's a funny story, actually, how I got started in sales. I think I always knew I loved sales from the time I was a Girl Scout selling those cookies, but um, just sort of that optimistic personality of always like, oh, I can help people love cookies. So let me help them with cookies. (laughs) What was your favorite cookie? You have to tell us this now. My favorite cookie didn't exist when I was young, but it now is the Samoa with the chocolate. Yeah. I'm a tag along fan myself. I'm okay. (laughs) <laughs> is that the peanut butter in the that chocolate? is the peanut butter and yeah. chocolate yes yeah yeah we used to put them in the freezer and eat them like cold uh, yeah mm-hmm. so good mm-hmm. but I love that you got started with Girl Scout cookies that's yeah. I think I knew I loved it you know um I can remember just taking my little piece of paper that they give you and you write down people's names and their address and their phone number and how many boxes they're going to get and all the color codes that were going on. And, and I just go up to the door and I thought everybody loves Girl Scout cookies. I learned the uh, hard way that people, not everybody does. (laughs) And so some doors did get slammed in my face, but it was okay because, um, for whatever reason, I just figured out that more people did. So I I never had a hard time sharing what I had to offer. And so as I was um, in college and figuring out what I was going to do next, I actually needed an apartment. And it just happened to be that I needed this particular apartment. I needed a roommate. And I walked in uh, with my roommate to this really old place. And she had every complaint in the book. And I needed this roommate. I needed this to work out. And I kept saying, well, it's okay if the carpet's green, we'll just put some rugs down. And well, it's only one bathroom. Well, we'll just work out a schedule and all these things. And it was just out of need. It was the mother of necessity. I needed her to be my roommate. I didn't even know what I was doing. And then she was like, I hate the kitchen. It's so tiny. It's like this little galley kitchen. I'm like, nobody will ever see our dirty dishes. And she's like, oh my God, you have an answer for everything. (laughs) Later that night, um, the property manager called me back and she said, listen, I have a studio apartment. If you will work weekends for me, you can have it rent free and just pay your utilities. She said, I really loved watching you with your friend and you just, you were so good at trying to, to help her see the bright side of things. And I think you'd be great in this role. Wow. from there, I ended up in, in real estate. I was a sales uh, specialist for a traveling agency that uh, put me anywhere all over the country in my 20s where uh, things weren't selling and they had contracts with builders and developers. And so I just um, had some wonderful training through that opportunity. And then um, I've adapted it through my uh, real estate career and then into some advertising sales. I got out of real estate. Um, at one point, because I wanted to have my weekends and evenings free to be with my kids. Yeah. And then um, after that, I went into senior living and became one of the boots on the ground for the opening. So I opened, I was a startup um, specialist. So with all of those three things, I've taken the same training that I got in 1991 And I've adapted it. I've added to it. And some of that had to do with understanding um, personality tests. I've hired teams. I've had my own companies. So with all of that, um, I think I'm highly intuitive, which helps. And I think a lot of musicians are too. That's what really leans them into writing music in the first place. And I actually have a daughter who's a singer songwriter and has released her first uh, song on Spotify. And I'm actually helping her with some things. She would never admit it. So I don't know if she wants to hear her name. 
but you know, <laughs> always telling her, you know, honey, it's so much easier to do this for somebody else, but think of the lives that you're going to touch Yeah, and stop, stop holding it. It's selfish to hold it to yourself. Yeah. Let's open this up and think about all the people who might be feeling a certain way. And that song is going to connect them and, and open up their emotions and their floodgates. And so if we do like my number one principle of sales is seek first to understand, mm. which is a, um, a quote I'm right now. I don't remember who said it, but it could be Stephen Covey. I don't know, but or Zig Ziglar maybe, but it's just the idea that, um, when you're in a sales situation, if you're booking yourself for an event, what do they need? Um, what problem do they have? And how does your um, unique product solve that problem? And when you lead first with how to help, everything else seems to fall into place. Yeah. Yeah. I love, first of all, I love that the stories that you told of how you got into, got into sales don't have to do with traditional sales roles, because I feel like when you do talk with a lot of people and um, they're trying to rework the mindset around sales. They always say you are selling all the time, even if you mm -hmm. don't think you are. And mm -hmm. the stories that you shared really prove that to be true. Like you're selling in your day-to-day -day life. You're, you know, you're fighting for where you want to go have dinner or trying to just get more cookies in the hands of people. And it's a normal, natural thing that you're doing. We don't have to be so afraid of it. And getting your kids to eat spinach. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> getting yourself to eat spinach. Um, at that. But it, it's so true. And just as you were saying with the musicians, we were talking right before we started to record because I was saying, you know, a lot of musicians are kind of like, oh, I could sell for other people or I could do this for other people, but not for myself. I just so I feel so weird about doing it for myself. And I think that even coaches experience this too, of like, I know my program's good or like, I know that I help people with my voice coaching, but I just feel weird putting it out there. Like, I just feel like the program should speak for itself and people will just see how good it is and they'll come to me when unfortunately that's not the case. Like we really do need to put in the effort to sell it and to promote mm -hmm. it. And mm -hmm. that can be really uncomfortable for people. So before mm -hmm. we dive in to like, how we can think about our buyers. Do you have any just mindset shifts or, or tips that you can give for people who right off the bat feel super uncomfortable or claim to be bad at sales? Well, there's a couple of things I could say. So yes, number one, the biggest rule of sales is it's not about you, it's about them. So if you can always go back to believing. The, the biggest thing that I work on with people is when it's personal, they are, they're so connected to it. So I sold houses. So like somebody writes a song, a person who has raised their children in a house, they think the value of their house is so much more than it is based on, well, I raised my kids here and I put that in there and you don't understand. And there's so much emotional yeah. value to it that they think it's higher price. But musicians, yeah. coaches go the opposite way. They feel like, um, how can I ask that price? right? How can I ask that price? And so they get that little lump in their throat. And so just remember to kind of, you have to take, I do a lot of box breathing with people. Do you know what that is? Yeah. But why don't you walk us through what that is okay. really quick so people can do it? So one thing just to center ourselves is we can take a really, really deep breath. And so if you're heading in and you're, you've got um, a one, you're going to do a consult, you're going to sell something, you're going to talk to a booking agent. One of the things that you can do first and foremost is just to center yourself. And so that is taking a very deep breath, four counts in, let it come into the tummy, hold it at the top for four seconds, and then exhale it for four seconds. And just doing that sort of, it really activates that vagus nerve, I think, in our body. And so it just sort of relaxes us. Mm. And then Number two, you have to become prepared. What are they going to ask you? What are the most common questions that people ask you? And how can you come prepared for those with a, with a positive spin? Yeah. So like I said, when I needed my roommate and I put everything positive and you said, we're always selling. Um, really, we are, but people don't realize it when they're, when they're doing it in that situation. It's being aware that you need it. So the number two thing I would say, or number three, is let go of the attachment. 
So that means the outcome. So if you you if I can help you with any one thing today, get yourself centered, realize what your value is. What problem do you solve for the person that you're going to be talking to? And then let go, give as much as you can, and then let go of whether or not they buy or they don't buy. Because when you're attached to the outcome, when you need the sale, that puts you in a position of weakness. Yeah. So if you can just center yourself and say, this is what I do. This is what I offer. This is the problem I solve. This is how I can help. And here's my availability. And here's how much it costs. How we work together from there is I send you over the contract. You are, you know, with my W-9, you have a process and the process doesn't stop with the price. You go on after the price with how the next steps look. And that way you don't have to say that is your last stopping point and get the frog in your throat. So you just go on to set up the process, letting go of whether they do or not. So you, now you've said what the process is and they can say, okay, well, I'm going to get back to you. And you say, okay, wonderful. You know, you have to have what your contingencies are going to be to say, and it says, you know, I'm, I'm booking out for so much time in advance. So what's a great day for me to follow up with you? Your next step is to follow up with them. And so you set that next step. Sales is not about getting the check the first time. It's about getting small wins along the way. When I was coming up, it was called ABC, always be closing. And so you yeah. <laughs> like my mute. So for your musicians or your coaches, you know, does this sound like a program that works for you? Or is this the type of genre that you wanted um, that fits your festival? And then they can say a little yes. And then down the road, you're going to say things like, um, you know, so it looks like the timing works out. The dates work out for both of us. That's really great. Can you see any reason why we would be able to work together on this? Mm. And that's a great question for them to bring out any objections that they have. Yeah. Well, I'm talking to some other musicians. So um, can you see any reason why? That's such a great, like easy thing to say. And people often make it so much harder than it is. But it's our job, if we're in the sales role, to bring out the objections, not to wait for them. Mm, so if, interesting, yeah. That yeah. Way can kind of lead the conversation, it sounds like, and not have them just be walking all over and be like, well, yeah. this and well, that, and that kind of thing. In any sales situation, somebody needs something, and that's why they've allowed themselves to sit down to be sold. Yeah, that's... Think so about... Yes, yeah, see, if, th just think about that for a minute. So... If you are not a leader of that conversation and you can't say, this is how it is. First of all, you're going to come off so professional if you have a process. One of the first things that I've done for um, about the last 20 years is I've created um, everywhere I've gone where they've sent me where something's not selling. The number one thing that I've had to do is establish a process for people so that they could have a checklist almost of, okay, did I did this? I did this. And so that they can get down to the end to make it easy for them to say the things that they need to say. So in every interview that you go on, you should actually have yourself a little, um, like a proposal list. Mm -hmm. And it has on there all the things that you need to do. So you can turn that around and say, you know, this is this is who I am. This is a little bit about my bio. I'd love to tell you about it. If we have some more time, this, these are the types of people who love my music and my following is this big on Instagram or whatever the benefits to seeing them are. Uh, sometimes people think I have a younger audience, but actually my demographics prove that I'm, I'm really popular among uh, 35 to 50 year olds. I mean, you can yeah. have some information that really helps to sell it. So yeah. that would be an anticipated objection that you would have heard before. And now you can bring it up before it becomes one. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Oh, these are such good tips. I love oh, it. And what's really interesting is I think that a lot of, as we've established, like a lot of people come from like, I'm a bad coach or I don't want to promote myself and it feels weird or it feels gross. And so obviously, yes, these tools help because this is going to help you to be able to feel more confident in your, um, in your sales skills. But what I love that you said is that people showed up to be sold to. And I think that being able to reframe it, not as like, 
oh, I have this sales call. So like now I have to prove myself and I have to pray to God that they sign with me. No, they signed up for the sales call because they want to work with you. They want help. And, you know, they followed you on Instagram because they want to listen to your music or they reached out to you about this gig because they want to book you. So coming from that perspective and instead of looking at it as like, oh shit, now I have to sell and I suck at selling. So this is going to be horrible. Instead, turning it on the perspective of, okay, how do I get this buyer to have everything that they need to feel mm-hmm. prepared to buy is so powerful because it mm-hmm. puts it more on them and just supporting them through the decision mm-hmm. as opposed to like putting it all on, on your shoulders. So I love mm-hmm. that, that. And I want to go more into that now. Okay, good. Because the number one thing when you say, I don't feel, I don't like, I don't want, you're putting the wrong person as the priority. You're yes. putting yourself as the priority. And so that's a very selfish approach, just to call it out bluntly. Yeah. If you really are the kind of person who, in, you love what you do, you love helping others, you're actually being selfish if you're holding that back. So you have to, if, but this is where it comes from. It's a mindset. It's a value. So one of the areas that I work with people on incredibly before I can even start to teach them about the sales process is I have to help them understand their value. So we have to sit down and we have to really dig into that and that initially, and I have a process that I do that with, but when you realize who you help, how you help them, what they like about it, Those three things right there, if you could just jot those down, who you help, how you help them, and what they like about your product or service, your music, your whatever. Yeah. Um, That, those three things, if you can just get to be really comfortable with knowing, confidence to me isn't this, you know, it's not a body language. It's not anything. It's a confidence is knowing what you bring to the table. Yeah. And confidence is something that um, we look to some people and they have it even when they don't know what they're talking about. Even when they, some of you are thinking, what the heck was that guy doing? And yet in your mind, you go, but he sure did it well. You know, (laughs) he sure acted like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. And so it's not arrogance. It's uh, confidence is knowing your value. Mm. So really know, get to know your value. Be really comfortable with that. These are the things that I bring. These are the things that people have loved about working with me. This is what I love about working with them. How does that fit into the picture that you're looking at? Is, does this sound like we're on the same page for looking um, in the same direction? You know, you yeah. can ask your questions. I have a very feminine approach to sales. I'm, um, I've never been pushy or tried to get somebody to buy something that they didn't want to buy. Um, but I am really good at understanding what the benefit to somebody else is and then being able to express those benefits. Yeah. Yeah. So how can we start to use some of these personality modalities for lack of a better word to Mm -hmm. help understand others and how others buy and like to be sold to and use that to strengthen our sales skills. I know you work with a couple different methods, so Maybe we can start with one of them. I know Myers-Briggs is one we've talked about on the podcast before, but I'm sure each individual one has its own quirks and lessons. Mm-hmm. We've learned. So I'm going to share something with you. That's a really great cheat. So Myers-Briggs goes into 16 different types of personalities and it has the four levels that each of us have a different category and how we work together. It's very in-depth. It's wonderful. And I think everybody should be using that as a way to, if you're hiring teammates and knowing who's going to be the biggest value to you, because we don't want somebody just like us because we'll never get anything done. Right. So, um, so we need those compliments, but for this purpose, I would say, let's use the disc, uh, which is dominant, intuitive, steady, and conscientious. Okay. But then I'm going to put um, a spin on it for you because in 1993, see how old I am? I went to a seminar and I was explained this by Charles Clark III. He's an, um, he used to be like some kind of motivational speaker for real estate. He doesn't certify anybody on his program. He's an old professor. I've tried to reach out to him. So I try to give him the credit, but his take was how people buy. 
and he had done a lot of studies on this and written lots of papers. And then he um, kind of transferred this skill set to the real estate industry. But it is so impactful because he gave the um, disc category animal names. And when I transfer these to animal names for you in just a minute, you're going to have pictures come into your mind and you're going to understand some of these personality traits. So if I say a bull to you, what would you think of with a bull? I would think of somebody who just like charges forward, very masculine energy, pushy, but almost pushy because they're just like plowing ahead with like no regrets. <laughs> yes. So bulls are dominant personalities. They make their decisions based on get to the, get to the uh, bottom line for me. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't have time. They don't care. Like the old saying, no like, and trust. They don't care about liking you at all. Mm. What they want to do. They definitely want to trust you. They don't care about knowing you. They don't care about liking you. Tell me what I need to know to make a decision and I'll make my decision. Mm. They're very fast actors. So if you get in front of somebody who's a bull, which could be very well um, a booking agent or somebody, what do you got? What do you got? So having that little um, press packet that you could share with them would be so critical because they can look it over. Here's my music. Here's my genre. Here's the people that like it. Here's my cost and here's my availability. Yeah. That's all they want to know to make a decision. So a bull comes at you, bottom line it, just get to the point. Okay. Yeah. So that's your, that's your bull. If I say owl, what do you owl? mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, I, uh, that's a good one. I don't know. I think I think of maybe someone who is sort of like watching quietly and observing for a while and then comes out when they feel like they're ready to kind of make a decision but I don't know if that's right it's close it's analytical and funny because I can see you your body took on the language of an owl you perched <laughs> while you were thinking about it so <laughs> yeah. so an owl is very analytical you will never build your business on an owl. You they'll come along later, but they take a long time to make decisions because they do so much research and logic is the only thing that makes any sense. They don't care about knowing and liking you never, ever follow up with an owl by saying, how are you feeling today? They will be like, what is the reason for your call? You know, they, they just don't understand this, you know, feeling stuff. So how you deal with an owl is again, these, this little sheet that I'm telling you that if you can create it free, what your business is, this one sheet, that's everything that you think they need to know. They'll still come up with a hundred new questions, but yeah. that's how, you know, you're dealing with an owl. I have some owl tendencies and how I know that is because I've been asked too many times in my life, what are you writing a book? <laughs> so you're just trying to get like the full picture situation would you say that owls are the kind of people who are like okay well what will my results be at the end of this like is it that kind of thing or is that more is no that they just need everything to line up they need to know that it's the right decision that they're getting the best price they're getting the best value they're getting that they they know exact they are no surprises Think of an owl personality types are usually engineers, um, what, accountants are sometimes owls, some lawyers, but most lawyers that I've, I've worked with are bulls. They want to get to it. An owl's body language, he's rarely going to, he or she is rarely going to smile. And there are plenty of um, girl owls as well, feminine owls. Um, they're rarely going to smile. They're going to um, have a very thinking face on a bull might have their arms crossed. They might stand up for the whole meeting. So there's some doctors that are bulls. Like yeah. they just, you know, they just come right at you, get to it, get to it. Owls are thinking everything. It's, they can be very, when they make a decision, it'll be the right decision, but you might be six feet under by the time they make a decision. They are so slow to make a decision. Mm. Then you have your um, lambs. And so a lamb would be like the steady in the disc. And a lamb is often, if you think of a lamb, what do you think of? Quiet, sort of like more passive. Uh, yeah, those are the words that are coming to mind. Amiable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very amiable. 
So when I first got into sales, the lambs really threw me for a loop because they sit there and they smile and they're so engaged with you and they're nodding their head the whole time. Like this is really going to go. And then you, they say, well, I'm going to have to think about it. And then you go and then you never hear back from them again. (laughs) What happened? What happened? And lambs need a lot of testimonials. So again, Um, that one sheet that you could, you could create for your business proposal could also need to have some testimonials so that you're including your owls and your lambs on there. Um, They, they want to know other people have used you and that other people liked you. They want to know the success. They also always defer to somebody else to make the final decision. They don't like to make the decision themselves. Mm -hmm. So the kind of people are like, well, I have to talk to my husband or my parents. (laughs) I had one person be like, I have to see what my parents say about this. And I literally was like, why? Like, why? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it those kind of people who are like, I need to talk through with, with everyone I know? Yes. Yes. That's a lamb. And the lamb, need, yeah, they, they are so, uh, they're nice. They're so nice. And you always feel connected to them because they're usually like nodding their head and going along with everything that you say. And then you're like, what happened? Like, <laughs> what happened? So in your case, one of the great questions that you could have followed up with them and say, what is it that you need to hear from your parents to be able to give you that um, security of moving forward? So if you could ask them, I mean, you did ask why, but if you could say yeah. specifically, what do you need from them? Yeah. Um, you could have understood that they, they just, um, they're just the kind of personality who defers. I sold real estate for so many years. And in that situation, a lot of times the woman who was less dominant to maybe a bull husband, um, if he passed away and she was left to make housing decisions on her own, she would be a little lost because she didn't have anybody to look to. And Mm. he'd been the one for all of those years. And so that's a very um, hard situation because then a lot of times they'll bring in their son or somebody that they want yeah. to help to say that this is what you should do, mom, just do it because yeah. they're just not decision makers that way. They always need to get. So yeah. then in that case, one of the questions that you could ask initially, when you realize you're dealing with a, with a lamb is you could say, tell me about the way you make a decision. You know, mm-hmm. how is the decision made? And this could be in a corporate environment, who, who is the power that makes the decision? How, what do we, what information do we need to get to them? And so it's really just breaking it down so that you truly understand what they need from you in order to be able to make a decision. And really at the end of the day, the more times you do this, the better you get at it. But you also, it'll be easier and easier to get detached from the outcome because right. you are a professional. You have Um, not every place that you want to get money from to sing is your best choice either. And sometimes in the beginning, we take what we can get because we just want to get paid and we just want to get some experience. Right. And then, and your coaches too, along this, you know, anybody and everybody at first, and then we figure out exactly who our niche is and that's okay because it gets, it makes you better. And understanding that who you work best with will make you stronger in sales always. Yeah. So we've done the bulls, the owls, the lambs. So the last one is a tiger. All right. I mean, tigers, I feel like are similar to bulls where they're, but I don't know. Tigers also will stalk a little bit. So maybe like observant, but also a little feisty. (laughs) Feisty is more like it. They're more vivacious. So I think he was thinking of this tiger. He was thinking of, um, Charles Clark, I'm talking about, um, beautiful egocentric it's all about me think about how the cat prances and um and and tigers love they oh does this look good on me how do I look in this like it's all about sort of like how it makes them feel and the funny thing about a tiger is if you're in a meeting to show a you know tiger you say you know here's what I say here's my genre of music here's the demographics of the people who like the music all these things and the tiger is saying yes you better go ahead and secure the deal like let's get the date let's get everything done because tigers buy now Mm -hmm. and if you leave and you think oh that was great and she's gonna call me or he's gonna call me and somebody else walks in and says oh yeah I'd love to do that date and they're very specific like yep that's the date I can do it and they close the deal, so to speak, they got the deal, even though you left thinking everything went great. 
And the next time you see them, they'll be like, Hey, how are you? It's great to see you. And you'll be like, yeah, I took back the follow up on the day. Oh, oh, somebody else got that. And you're like, what the heck just happened? Yeah. You didn't close it. You have to seal the deal with a tiger quickly because they have very short attention span. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So you explain to us, sorry, really briefly sure. what the disc is and what each animal relates to in the disc mm-hmm. message. Just so mm-hmm. we have some context there. Yes. So the disc program, I believe, I, I don't know really the history about it, but it was the first thing that people do and it's dominant, intuitive, steady, and conscientious. Okay. So dominant is the bull, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> intuitive is that all no the lamb tiger what really yeah yeah Yeah. steady is the lamb their gut and like making just like gut impulse decisions Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) gut impulse decisions you put it right there it's perfect um steady is the lamb and conscientious is the owl okay that makes sense that makes sense yeah okay so I've heard of the disc method before. I love putting it into animals because I think that's just way easier to remember and keep track of. My question has always been, and I'm so glad I can ask you this now, how do we get good at quickly identifying what people are? Because it's easy enough to know, oh, treat you know a tiger like this and a bull like this, and this is how they sell. And I know that information, but when you're in the moment with someone, how do you actually figure that out? Some might be more by the questions they ask. It's by the questions they ask. They'll okay. tell a bull does not have any time. So it's his body language or her body language. She's, she's going to be like, we need to get to this really quickly. They don't have enough time for you. Okay. So you have to get to it quickly. That's a bull. I mean, just charging at you, come give it to me, bottom line it for me. Those are your people that that's how, you know, because they're, they, they don't have time to sit down even there. I'll stand, you know, they're just they're really full of themselves and they, and you know, they have egos and we need to be, you know, gentle with their, their egos because it's like, Oh gosh, I'm so glad. Thank you so much for taking the time. Here's what I've got. Don't spend a lot of time trying to get them to know and like you get in there, get the business done, ask for the sale and get out. And asking for the sale sounds like it's different for every type of business, but it sounds like, here's what it looks like to move forward. These are the next steps. Yeah. And for them, do you have to close the deal there like a tiger or can you be like, okay, if you need time, I'll send you the follow-up email and that's that, but you're giving them the next steps or do you want to- Bulls and tigers. Yes. Sorry. Bulls and tigers actually make decisions very quickly. They, uh, bull trusts his knowledge of things. He trusts himself um, or herself completely and they'll make a decision on the spot. So yes. And if you're going to follow up with a bull, you'd never say, how are you feeling again? Just like the owl, he doesn't give a darn about the social get, why are you calling me? Yeah. They want to know. Did you make it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And so, you know, I also teach people, um, really good follow-up is important and it should be done within 24 hours of any conversation that you have around sales. And there's a certain way that you can reframe it. And I teach my clients what I call the summary close. And so you do the summary close in person, and then you do it again in the email, and then you take all the gunk away. You make it such an easy one, two, three, bye. You just have got, people make it so complicated. It doesn't need to be this complicated. And because that turns people off, like the easier you can make their life, the faster you're going to book your calendar. Yeah. Um, So like um, the owl, they don't make decisions. They ask just tons of questions. And if they were in a position of, I can't even imagine them being in the music business. I'm trying to put this <laughs> into perspective for you. I mean, I'm sure they are, but they're, be, they're behind the scenes. They're usually not customer facing. Mm, okay. And the lamb, again, they could be the, some, somebody put in the position to take the meeting for somebody else. And so they wouldn't normally hold a, a decision. So normally you're going to deal with your tigers and your bulls for decisions. Owls make the decisions, but they're usually behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So you get really good at um, what questions the tiger is like so much fun. Think of the most fun personality, vivacious, bubbly, you know, Oh, they just make you laugh They're That's the personality, you know, you're dealing with a tiger. Yeah. When you're dealing with a tiger, keeping their attention is really hard. So that's why having a one sheeter is really important. Being able to say, here's everything. Here's what the next steps look like. Don't talk to them about everything, only what they care about. 
this is interesting because you know you say I feel like there's not a lot of owls in the music industry and that might be true I do feel like there's probably more lambs though and the reason I say that is because a lot of people in the music industry think that they're super broke and whether it's I'm not necessarily calling you podcast listeners, people who think they're broke, but like whether you're a musician or you're serving musicians as a coach, you are going to run into a lot of people. I know I have who come on the call and they're like, I think I need help, but like, I have no money and I don't know. And I'm with it. And to me, that doesn't necessarily sound like they would be a bull or a tiger, but that's also making the assumption, like obviously bulls and tigers can have those personalities and also be broke and therefore be like, wishy-washy around decisions but all of this to say just painting the picture of I think some of the mindset blocks a lot of musicians have and therefore how it affects their buying how does that impact the type that someone might be or how we handle that like would those people be lambs could they be tigers but they just don't make decisions because they have these mindset blocks holding them back how does that kind of work so in, for this entire conversation, we've been focusing on who they're selling to, not what they are. Yeah. So we've had our whole focus, not to say that there aren't lambs that are musicians or coaches or any of that. There definitely are. Yeah. And being aware of who we are, we have to overcome it because really to get anywhere successfully to move our business forward, we need sales. Yeah. Right. There is no business without sales. It's just a hobby. <laughs> yes yes but well, yeah. what I'm saying is like would it be would it be common to like see a musician be a lamb and then like, you're selling mm-hmm. to the, the lamb mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what you're doing yeah yeah if if the musician is the lamb again we have to remove ourselves from the equation so anytime you're in a selling situation again we have to know our value so our confidence comes from understanding our value and then we have to present to the person that we're selling, we don't count in the equation. Yeah. 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 So that being said, I know that again, we've been focusing on know their type, sell to their type. How do we figure out our type? Because I'm listening to you and I'm like, I don't really know which one I am. Like I'm finding it hard to figure it out. Is there a way that we can figure out just for our own knowledge and just to sort of, you know, up our perception of things and how we like to be sold to and whatnot? Yes, that is the thing that's different. The way that we sell is very different than the way that we buy. Yeah, yeah. So we have different personalities. And when you go into the Myers-Briggs, that's where you can get really intuitive to knowing who you are and what you respond to. Okay, so can you talk about that? Yeah, so if you go into the Myers-Briggs, and so do you know what you were? What were your four letters? Yes, I am an ENTJ. ENTJ. So you're extroverted, intuitive, thinking, and judging. Yes. Okay. So you have some L tendencies, actually. Yeah, because I have that Mm -hmm. thinking and judging. Mm -hmm. Because that does make sense. Like, I will ask a lot of questions. But I also think I have some tiger, too. Because Mm -hmm. that's your in. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because I will also be like, okay, like, for instance, I'm going to France. I'm by the time this episode is out, I will be in France living my life, um, living it up. And I have, I've needed to brush up on my French. And one of my friends, she's more fluent in French than I am, but I'm, she's coming for a little bit. And she also needs to brush up on her French. And we were talking about it. And I was like, I'm doing Duolingo. It's just like not really working for me. It's moving so slow. And she was like, oh, I know this YouTuber guy who I really like, and he has a French course. Let's like, look it up. I don't know this guy. I don't know about this course, but she sent it to me. And in a matter of like a couple hours, I watched a few videos of his. I had her testimonial of like, I really like this guy and he seems cool. And I bought the course. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted, like, I read through every detail on the page to get mm-hmm. all my questions answered, but I also made a somewhat gut impulse decision. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, this seems cool. I'm just going to buy it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that no, that's, so like these, these types. Yeah. So, so that's where the bulls, owls, lambs, and tigers would not actually fit the narrative. Okay. So where it fits the narrative is really in the selling situation. It's really, okay. who are you selling to based on their things? The yeah. things that you're asking about now are the whole picture. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so the, the Myers-Briggs is fantastic and not enough people in leadership. Actually, they, they give the test to everybody. When you join a corporate America or you, you join a new company, they give the test and then they don't use it. Mm-hmm. I actually have um, a couple of corporate clients that I train and they're asking for things from their salespeople that they've hired already before I got there. And they want them to do things. And I said, can we look at their disc profile and just see what it is? And when we look at it, where it's falling on the disc profile, um, this is a person who needs permission before they do anything. That's a lamb. They need permission. Mm-hmm. And you're asking them to be a bull. You're asking them to take the initiative and drive it, like to go out and search for it. Lambs are not hunters. Yeah. So it's a very different thing. So in the buying situation, when you're selling to somebody, the the bulls, owls, lambs, and tigers really helps. But if you really want to get in depth to who you are, you should, everybody should take that Myers-Briggs and really very much understand because what I think it brings about is what our country and our whole world needs right now. And that's more understanding of one another. And if when you look at it, you don't look at it and say, oh, this is me and I'm this way because this is the way I've seen it done is Everybody understands who they are. Yeah. So really start paying attention to how you interact with others because it will tell you on there. It'll say, these are the things that you feel you find threatening, or these are the types of situations that make you uncomfortable. And it's just, it's such a beautiful thing. If you can say, aha, that's coming up for me. And it's not, it's not the person. See, bulls rub a lamb wrong in a lot of cases, right? Because the bull is charging and the lamb just wants everybody to be happy and people pleaser, right? Yeah. And, and so if you're a lamb trying to sell to a bull, sometimes you can think, boy, that's the rudest person I ever met. Yeah. Instead of understanding that that's just the way that they process information. Yeah. And that's why this is just so juicy because <laughs> it helps you to not be, take things so personally or. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, worry about what are they going to say or, oh no, this person needs more time. That means I didn't make it or, oh, this person wants to buy now and I'm not prepared for that. You can really be prepared to go into any situation with confidence and not take it personally or make it mean anything about you, but feel good about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, and when you understand who you're working with and you take the first rule of sales, it's not about you. If we do this, it's not about you. It's yeah. not. It's what you have to offer. And it's and it feels personal because it's something that you've written or that you're going to perform yourself and all of that. We can get caught up in that, but it's not about you. Yeah. You're not everybody's person and they're not yours. Yeah. But when you're in a selling situation, you have to give the person the priority. What do they need from you to make a decision? Honor and respect that. Give it to them and don't show up unprepared. Don't show up without your best face. Don't show up without a proposal that yeah. they can easily understand and you can leave behind. If you're on a Zoom call, you should have a PDF. You can screen share that. And then you can say, I'm going to email this to you after as part of our follow-up. You have to, in order to be great in sales, you have to be a leader. You you have to step into the role. And I, I have clients that are not ready. They're not there yet, but they are wonderful mothers. And when they do things for their children, they, of course, just do them, right? With a loving uh, but authoritative heart. Right. You have, to, you have to do that with your clients and you have to do that with the people that you sell to. They're looking to you to lead them through the process. They're yeah. looking to you to show them the benefits. Yeah. So you can get on board with showing those things for, for being prepared and for coming to it with an open heart desire, uh, desiring to give them what they need in the way they need it you're going to get very successful very quickly. Yes, I love that. Regarding Myers-Briggs, is there any other gleams of information you can share with us as to like what we can know from our type as to how we like to be sold to or how we like to buy or how we like to sell? I don't know. I haven't really looked at it from the Myers-Briggs side of things um, because this has just worked so well for me for 30 years in being able to sum it up. So on the Myers-Briggs part, I love that it um, it's almost like combining zodiac signs. I was also thinking about human design when you're like, okay, lambs, they need stuff to come to them, like projector versus manifesting generator, where like bulls are going to be like generators. They're just like going out and plowing Mm -hmm. forward. And so it's super, it's just, you know, that's why I'm doing this series on the podcast. We're talking all about it because 
everything goes together and looking mm-hmm. at yourself like holistically and mm-hmm. considering all of your different aspects as far as who you are and how you operate. And then also using that to understand others it is just invaluable information because as we've said, it helps you understand them, not take things personally and be able to go into every situation feeling good and just feeling like, all right, I can talk to anyone. I can be with anyone. I can, I can do this. It's no problem. Yeah. And really knowing yourself, um, when you become like the first step to any change is awareness. Right. And so when you, um, we all have little sensories that go off when somebody rubs us wrong. Yeah. And when you can look at that and say through your, um, Myers-Briggs and knowing yourself so well, like, oh, I guess, you know, because it'll tell you, you get a full report. And in that report, it really kind of, you go, wow, they really know me. I actually have spent so many years in sales that I'm hard to nail down because I'm a chameleon Mm. and I try, I become the person I'm in front of. Interesting. I really do. Like if they're a bull, I'm a bull. If they're a tiger, I'm a tiger. And get to it, get, you know, just get to it. If they're a lamb, I'm a lamb, but I'm a smart enough lamb to say, what, what do you need? Who, who do you need the approval for all of the right questions? And that's a whole other day, but understanding your personality and then remembering that when you're in a sales thing, it's not about your personality. It's about theirs. Seek first to understand and, um, be, you know, just practice, practice will always make you better. Always, always, always. Well, Yvonne, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing this wisdom with us. Where can we connect with you, follow you and work with you? So right now on Instagram, I'm at, um, at Yvonne Reese sales coach, and that's the best place to connect with me right now. I'm in the middle of one of those, um, redesigns. So all of the other things are, um, sort of under construction, okay, but perfect. I give away lots of great, valuable information every week. I talk about, um, all sorts of stages of the sales process and I give a lot away for free. So if somebody's looking to get really good, they can DM me. Um, they can also on Instagram, there's a link in my bio for a free little consultation. So if something here triggered you, you want to talk more about it you want to, you want to hear more about that. I'm certainly open for that. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, Katie. I really enjoyed our talk. Thank you so much for listening to the out to be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, that really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.